a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. How joyful it is for me to talk to one of my most favorite and talented uh, musical producers and songwriters ever. It's Michael McLean. Michael, how are you tonight? Rebecca, I am just great. Thank you. Well, you know what? You know, this year has been one of, of like uh, pitch hitting and what are we going to do here? And yet you were able to take the Forgotten Carols, which has just been such an incredible tradition, such a powerful, powerful mu- musical theater and bring it to the big screen. Let's talk about that, because this is just an, extor- an extraordinary moment for people to be able to all go in and see these. So, Michael, how soon did you adapt to realize we're going to need to make a movie out of this? Well, last year, Rebecca, we had really um, completely after 28 years of touring this um, all over, we had completely reimagined how to tell this story. And, and I just felt like it was the way it was supposed to be. But um, we had new sets and we had new characters. It's a couple of new songs. And, it, and I didn't know whether or not the people who had made this a tradition would just be up in arms and say, why did you change my tradition? But my heart said, I really think we need to do this. And the reception last Christmas was so humbling and powerful that I told our team, let's triple the number of theaters we go to next year. Let's let's start earlier. Let's go later. Let's do more shows than we've ever done in a larger area. Because I think after 29 years, I think I think this is the way the story was meant to be told. And that was in January. And then when COVID hit, oh my gosh, I was just uh, it kind of broke my heart. I thought. Oh, just just when I think I've got this right, I can't do this. And we worried about it and said, they won't let us book theaters. We don't know whether COVID is going to be worse or better. There's nothing we can do. And while I was feeling a little sorry for myself and disappointed that the people who've been coming for all these years couldn't come, Disney released Hamilton on Disney+. And when I watched a play a musical that had been filmed with seven or eight cameras on a screen, I thought maybe, maybe that's the answer. Maybe, maybe this year, if there's any window of opportunity to film our new version of the forgotten carols, maybe that would be a thing. And because it was streaming on Disney, I thought, well, maybe we could stream it or I don't know how we'd get DVDs to people. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I really felt like, it could happen if we started asking for some help. And and then for the next several months, I watched, you know, there's a line in the opening of the, of the musical where uh, John, the character I play says uh, to Thomas Rutherford, you know, miracles really do happen at Christmas time. And Thomas says, no doubt about it. And this was one of those mm. cases where, first of all, we thought we could maybe, where would be the best place to film our play. And Christy Summerhays, who's our director, 
Uh, and she, she's been directing this for a number of years, and she's been in it for even longer. Um, she said, I'd, I'd love for us to film this at the Rose Wagner. And we got so excited about it. And then because of COVID restrictions, all of our plans had to cancel because they would only fil- let us film in there if everybody had a mask on. Oh, and my I thought, goodness, that yes. might, that, that might be a little tough for us. And so I thought, oh. Other than for Connie the nurse. <laughs> Connie Lou. Yeah, for the perfect. That's exactly right. Or Dr. Frosty. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, uh, and then within 36 hours, we had an opportunity because we knew a theater down in Cedar, the Heritage downtown Cedar City, that we loved doing the show in. And they said our COVID, uh, whatever the color was, was less severe than uh, in Salt Lake County. Why don't you come down here? And we were super conscientious about COVID restrictions and people in our live audience spread apart and wearing masks and the crew and everybody took their temperature all week. And it it worked out that there was no problem. But um, while we were doing it, that terrible storm hit Salt Lake and the power was wiped out. And um, we thought, well, if we'd gotten our first choice at the Rose, we would have had to shut down. We couldn't have finished it. with. So that's a little miracle. And then we had some folks who had been in the show in previous years who couldn't do it last minute. And, And we made some character and cast adjustments and they turned out to be spectacular and they were, and it, on and on and on and i just saw these miracles happen and then our friend brandon purdy from purdy distribution as we were getting the edit done he said michael and we've been friends for a long time he said why don't you put this in movie theaters he said you know they're really conscientious about doing the COVID thing and people being socially distanced. And I said, be in theaters. He said, there's not a lot out there. You're not competing with Avengers 50 or, you know, whatever. Right, the right. The blockbusters. Fit. Yeah, absolutely. The blo- so you're not competing with Disney. There are no blockbusters in that realm. And, and he said, Michael, I love the message of this show. And I think more than ever, people really need it. Well, that would require, of course, for us to get that put together all other kinds of miracles <laughs> and then then last week when we had the opening weekend and we were the number one movie in utah and wyoming and idaho and in the top 20 uh, nationally <laughs> i thought that's <laughs> unbelievable no it's only unbelievable if i thought it was just about me and you know because i have i have always struggled with self-confidence and always been a little uh, my my mental health challenges with depression, uh, but I took my pills this morning. I think I'm going to be fine for the rest of the day. And um, I thought maybe maybe people do need this more than ever. And as I've been reading the comments on Facebook and social media and uh, the Facebook Live stuff we've been doing, and and then getting you know our friend Doug Wright was just he came to one of the screenings and. It really touched him. And I realized, you know, when you're in show business for so many years and 40 years ago, 40 years ago this month, Mr. Kruger's Christmas, which I produced with Jimmy Stewart, uh, was released and it went on to be a big success. And I thought, well, if you want to have a great Christmas story, get a major star to do it. And that'll be what it needs. Well, I've been doing the Forgotten Carols, always thinking in the back of my mind, someday – 
I hope I can talk in another big star to be in The Forgotten Carols and we'll make it like a movie movie. But it never occurred to me, Rebecca, never, that this that is now in theaters, 59 theaters so far, and um, reaching people that I never could have reached this way before, uh, it's miraculous. So that's that's my story. You know what, though, I love your story, Michael. And 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 I, I want to say for those of you joined us, this is the incredibly talented Michael McLean, who envisioned this. And we are in its 29th year of the holiday tradition of the Forgotten Carols. That story, which it starts with that incredulous character you've played, John, that he's saying, "I've been around for a couple thousand years." <laughs> yeah, right. He, and, he, he, <laughs> felt, he announces himself to be. John the Beloved. And uh, and what's been really interesting is that in this incarnation of the story, it's become, fun. I think the film is, uh, of the play, this version of it, is the way that speaks to my own heart more deeply than all the other versions. And I have to thank my son, Scott, who uh, wrote a screenplay a year and a half ago that we thought we came. We thought we were pretty close to raising the money to make it into a real movie, and um, and that the this I'm probably the first guy in history who thought he was going to be able to make a movie and the money fell through. But, <laughs> but um, I, I read his screenplay and I was so blown away by the the insights into this character because he's grown up around this and being a part of this and it's helped me do other adaptations before, and I just thought. Is there any possible way that we could take the essence of your screenplay and put it on a stage without the, all the things that you can only do in movies? And so we did that last year, and I watched that evolve, and I watched John the Beloved evolve. And I've never, you know, I've never, I'm a storyteller and love doing it, but I, you know, I've got a, had a chance to direct Academy Award-winning actors, and I know what real actors are like, and I ain't one of them. But I love this story so much. And somebody who saw the film said, McLean, I think after 29 years, you're becoming a good actor. How did that happen? And I told them, when you're on stage with that cast and when Constance Connie Lou is played by somebody as real as Adrian Swenson, you have to be a good actor. Because while I was there, I kept thinking, where did Adrian go? I think that's Connie Lou over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, she made me a believer that that was her, not the actress playing her. And uh, that really, that I think added to the richness of the mm. of the telling. Well, and, and I need to say, I'm not surprised by the success of the movie in general, the story of the Forgotten Carols that walks us through so many of these poignant um uh, spiritual and, and humanistic uh, songs of the past and why they are, are are so crucial to this idea of what Christmas is all about. I mean, the story that plays out is so beautiful, but I'm not surprised because the reimagining of the Forgotten Girls to the big screen, it's, it's just we needed We need that ability to walk away from the stress that 2020 has brought us. And every year brings stress. That's life. Right. Every year has stress. This has been one where communally we are off all going through some some sort of a similar experience with changes from 2020. We need to be able to walk in to a safe, quiet place, put that aside and then watch the movie, The Forgotten Carols, and remember what believing is 
again, in all of its forms, believing in humanity, right, believing in faith, believing in goodness, uh, believing in artistry, be- you know, believing, because that character, Connie Liu, as you mentioned, she's an incredible actress, as are you, Michael McLean. And for those who didn't see the early shows, you were a one man, uh, uh, you know, playing all uh, all these roles. But um, it's just extraordinary that she had spent this life where she's really not not experiencing the depths of emotions in life. And, well, and I uh, and I think and I think if we if we're really honest about this, we acknowledge, especially especially as you get over, that everybody's a burn victim. Everybody needs t- gentleness and tenderness. If you knew everybody from the cradle to the grave, you'd be way less critical of their choices. You'd be way more tender with what they're going through. And what I like about the way we find out about Constance is we find out. Why is it that she hasn't laughed or cried in 20 years? What's the real reason? Why is, why, is this, why is she so resistant? Why does she hate Christmas so much? What's that really all about? And, and one of the things when I started with The Forgotten Carols is I recognized that all of these carols about people in the Christmas story that these carols are about, like the innkeeper who turned away Joseph and Mary, well, he's us. I'm I'm that guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm just too busy. Too busy to recognize to the sacredness. Yeah, yeah, what, mm-hmm. yeah, great things could happen if I'd let them happen and if I'd let him in. But no, 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 no. I got to get the inn filled up. I got to take care of my customers. I'm too busy that when the woman comes in with pregnant at a, the busiest time of the year and I want to make a buck and pay the light bill and, you know, do what I have to do. The most incredible experience was missed by this guy because he was so busy. And, 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 and as I thought about all of those characters, how did those characters in the Christmas story relate to us? And we use um, Constance as the, as the character that helps us see the story through her eyes. And she's a woman who has, has had some really hard things happen. And how does she get through? And what I love probably more than anything is that this year, the only year in the history of my life, that something like this, the big screen adaptation happening, could have happened. Its final message is the ultimate message of Christmas, which is fear not, or as Connie Lou says, don't be so scared. Mm. Don't be so I, sitting through the screening just the other day, because I, after we filmed it and stuff, I, I tried to get out of the way so that the great team could put together the film. And when I saw it on a, on a big screen, and um, and at that moment in the play, I just, I just, I saw because of the way she handles and says and what it means to not be so scared. And I thought, oh. That's what we need. We, we've, we've lived in a scary year where it's not just scary because of the pandemic. And it's not just scary because of earthquakes or the storm or political unrest or strife, blah, 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 blah. Mm. If Jesus came and the angels said the first time, fear not. Here's the message of great joy. Someone has come to heal us. Someone has come to give us hope. I got a really sweet note um, 
for my grandma who just took, she said for several years, her Christmas gift to all of her friends, which she would buy 20 to 60 tickets to the live show and distribute it. And she was afraid that she wouldn't get to do that this year. And part of the reason is because her husband, she told me, had been um, suffering from Parkinson's and she'd been a full-time caregiver for years. And and she kind of liked just the little break that coming to see the show gave her. So she bought tickets for her family to come over opening weekend. And she brought her eight-year-old grandson. And uh, and she said normally she waits till her grandkids are – I think she has 20 grandkids or something. And she normally waits till they're at least 12 to bring them to the theater show. But for the movie, he just – he was a sweet kid, and he'd just been baptized uh, and was coming. Hmm. And after the show, he says, Grandma, I – this is what she writes to me. Grandma, I love Forgotten Carols. You know what my favorite part was? <laughs> and she says, well, what was your favorite part? He says, all of it. Oh, I love I, that. <laughs> and, and she said to her sweet eight-year-old, all of it? All of it? And he says, yes, because it was all about Jesus. Mm. And I thought an eight-year-old got with all that was happening that for him it was all about jesus but he said but you know what i'm really excited about grandma she said what he said forgotten carols too (laughs) oh isn't that so cute (laughs) i just that melted my heart forgotten carols too the sequel that and he had no he'd never seen the forgotten carols it really wasn't even on his radar but if both an eight-year-old and the grandma can sit together and have an experience and feel something that resonates deeply enough that wherever they are on their journey, they know that this time of year, the magic in the air is kind of trying to remind us to quit being so scared. Someone came to clean up this mess, to heal us from our awful woundedness and give us hope. And so my great hope for the film now that it's had, you know, two weekends and gotten through Thanksgiving and all that other stuff is that um, we can expand the number of people who could see it in additional theaters and all the things that will be coming so that, um, so that it gets to who it's supposed to get to and um, reaches those who need it the most. And what a gift for me to be able to share this, this, I've, I've told other people, Rebecca, I remember my really clearly the Christmas when I made my first homemade Christmas present for my dad from shop class in middle school. And, oh, that was the year I couldn't wait for Christmas to come because I just wanted to see the look on his face when he saw my handmade little thing that I did. It held screws and nails and stuff. And uh, I I didn't care at all what I might get from Santa, but I wanted to see my dad's face. Mm. Well, that's, Rebecca, how I feel about this production as a film of Forgotten Carols. This is my – I'm so excited because this is my gift, and I want to see your face. I'm speaking to your audience. I want to see the faces of people and see if they like my present. Well, but they oh, do. That's yeah. that's the thing. And in fact, you know, um, I was fortunate enough to have a link to see a pre-screening. 
And it was happening in the middle of this incredible, challenging time for my family. And as I click and watch this, and I'm reminded, uh, because I am one that loves musical theater. Michael McLean, you need to know that. I love how musical theater, the music cuts and comes right into my heart. And I love that an audience together, we share this experience and we get so much empathy and insight. And, and it, we're just it's just extraordinary, right? I, you're surrounded in it. I, I just felt drawn by the movie. It just felt as powerful speaking to me in the comfort of my home. And, and, and it was just so beautiful. So it's an incredible gift. I love the ideas, of course, as a parent of going in with your family. Bring your children. Help them understand that we as a family, we as, a, as, as friends, whoever you're, you know, you're deciding to go with, that we together get through difficult times when we remember, right, um, the gifts that, are, uh, uh, that are, we're reminded of in this season and, and the charity and the humanity and the goodness th- that's in this world on earth in and in the heavens as well. So to me, it's a tremendous gift, one that we can forget because we've had some real, real personal and professional and, and economic challenges, uh, social challenges. And yet, you know, we're not experienced in going through things like this. Most of the time we're afraid when we go through something for the very first time, or, you know, I don't want, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and yet that's, that is life and, and is, is keeping that faith and fear in balance. And I think it's the perfect gift uh, for the season. Yep. Thank you, Mike. One of the things, what, th- thank you. That uh, I, that touches me, and I, I, I'm humbled by it, and I, I'm grateful. I'm also grateful. I was just thinking about this as you were talking. That one of the things that at the end of the show, the live show, for 29 years, is there was a tradition that after the curtain call and everything, I would sit at the piano and I'd talk to the audience and play, and then we'd sing uh, together. And this year, filming it, I was thinking, well, we'll just, if we're going to film this, we won't include the post show. You know, that's something that works because it's me live inviting people to, you know, link up and, and, and sing along with me and kind of feel that final moment. And um, the director and the producers did film me doing it in front of our small socially distanced audience when we filmed it. And then they included it before the closing credits. So after the, after the, um, the curtain call um, and things start to dim, I noticed that uh, I got a note actually today from somebody who said, um, I found out that Rotten Tomatoes had given us a, hundred uh, percent reviews from the people who've seen the film so far. And it was very, that was touching. Okay, speaking they, of miracles. Uh, that, <laughs> yes, that's pretty amazing. But, but one of the women said, don't leave after the curtain call, because before the end credits roll, there's something you have to see. And I thought about the meaning of that thing after the show, but really, a part of the tradition and that the, the, they were able to keep it, which I, I, I am really, gosh, I'm really grateful that they did because um, <laughs> on, on the one sense, when you'd see a big blockbuster, oftentimes if it was an Avenger movie or something, you, you, everybody would say, don't, don't go. Cause sometimes there's a hint 
as to what the what the next episode would be like. Well, in this case, it was my chance um, after 29 years to basically tell the people who've loved this mm. and have seen it, and now it's preserved on film so that um, uh, if I become as uh, have as much dementia as Uncle John, and I start forgetting things, at least I will have remembered this on camera <laughs> right one time. And I, and I just hope that those people will feel what I felt and have felt in terms of gratitude for the, for the experience of sharing with people, because the, the people aren't flooding to the theater because, oh, he's such a great actor. They're not coming to see this because oh everybody's such a rock star they're coming because they need what i need they need hope they need someone that they can feel safe with to remind them that they're wonderful Mm. and they're doing better than they ever thought and they are not alone in all of this and um and so if there was ever a time this is it i hope I hope our fans will go see it and send me a note through our Facebook page or our ForgottenCarols.com. By the way, anybody who's listening tonight and is thinking, okay, I finally had all of the turkey sandwiches now uh, since Thursday, and I'm kind of thinking, what's coming next? Tomorrow, Monday, family night might be a good time if you have to give the lesson if if you have to give the lesson my gift to you is i have provided the lesson and there's treats you can get popcorn you can get sodas you can get ice cream i have taken care if it's your turn to do family night Tomorrow is the day. So You're go, good to go. And it's at select Megaplex theaters. So look, at, for, is this still the best place? You've got, we've got a lot of listeners in a lot of states that might be streaming this as well. But uh, most of our listeners are along the Wasatch Front. Is The best place to go is ForgottenCarols.com to be able to find a nearest the theater nearest you. Or should we be going to Megaplex yes, no, theaters? No, Which, go ahead. It's, 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 Megaplexes are great. But if you want to see everything, I think we're in like 58 or 59 theaters so far. Go to ForgottenCarols.com and where it says tickets, you can, you can click on one of those things near the top and it will give the listing of every theater it is in from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada to all the Harkins theaters down in Arizona to um, the great megaplexes. We, gosh, we got the greatest, the greatest thing from Gail Miller who, you know, runs the, owns all of the, Larry H. Miller Megaplexes, and she came to the screening and was really, really touched by it and said some really lovely things, and that place has done such a fantastic job of making sure that it's safe. Mm. I mean, they have been so vigorous in protecting people, and I, uh, everybody that has told me that they've been able to go to the movies have said, I felt safe, and it was wisely distanced and masks, and yet I felt the spirit of the thing. So go to ForgottenCarols.com and check out what's closest to you. And um, the more you go, maybe we'll get to do it in more places around the country. I love that. 
Michael McLean, the gift that keeps on giving. How about that? Thank you so (laughs) much for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. The website, again, ForgottenCarols.com. Yes, we've forgotten what's important, but now we can have a beautiful reminder in the theater. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Rebecca. Have a wonderful holiday season. You too. Happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.